lot of us in our small groups, as JD mentioned, we're looking at, at Genesis right now. And what a good reminder that is that God is creator. As simple as it is, God is creator. And we are created. Very simple. So we have the basic understanding is that God doesn't necessarily owe us anything. We don't necessarily deserve anything from him. It reminds me kind of, uh, of a man who approached Winston Churchill one time, and he said, he's a very confident young man, and he said, Mr. Churchill, I'm a self-made man, very proud of himself. And Churchill replied, well, son, you've relieved God of a very solemn duty. Pretty apt reply, right? God's our creator, and he really owes us nothing, but he's so good to give us life, breath, taste, touch, smell, all of our senses that we take for granted a lot every day. Gives us good food to eat. Uh, he gives us amazing sights to see. He gives us ears to hear the voices of the people that we love and arms to hug them with. All this even in our disobedience and rebellion towards him. But not only is God kind to give us these good things every day, he has shown us his great love in our separation from him because of our sin, because of our faults. He has come down to us. He's reached down to us to pull us out of the spiritual hopelessness we were in. And our sin separated from him. We had no strength or righteousness to be able to approach him on our own, to be restored to him. But, as scripture tells us, he loved us while we were still sinners. The Son of God, the Lord Jesus, came to earth and loved us all the way to the cross, to the end, Scripture says. He separated us as far as, separated our sins as far as east is from west for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus. And now, through that atoning sacrifice, we have this everlasting joy and great hope for all of eternity that we are restored to God through Jesus and that we'll be with him forever. And so we're going to look at Jesus this morning as our great example and his thankfulness that he had to the Father through his whole time on the earth. Now, his gratitude to the Father wasn't born out of an easy life or out of, uh, just I don't know, a simple path that he had, but it was far from that. On the contrary, Jesus, as Isaiah said, as he prophesied would be the case, Jesus was the suffering servant. He experienced the pain we do, the heartache we do. He was betrayed by those closest to him. And then he would go on to experience the physical pain that we can't even imagine on the cross. And then the unspeakable wrath of God that he faced. So far from it that, it was, that his thankfulness was from an easy life. But yet through it all, he expressed gratitude to the Father We'll look at a couple instances here. In John 6, when Jesus fed the 5,000, what did he do? Do you remember? He looked up to heaven and he gave thanks to the Father for that moment and then spread out the food to the people. Later in chapter 11 in John, just before Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he says in verses 41 and 42, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. In Matthew chapter 11, 
as Jesus was teaching, he stopped and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding or the proud and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. And this week in studying, I was especially struck by Mark 14, this instance of Jesus giving thanks. And this is during the Passover meal. This is just hours before Jesus is heading to the cross. Have you ever in your life, or maybe you're going through one right now, had an impending trial or situation or encounter that you were very much dreading? Um, Something that's going to be very difficult. You know you can't get around it. It's just something you're going to have to face. Sometimes those moments can tend to almost paralyze us into not giving thanks to God. Or a sense of dread comes over us in which we start to lack that gratitude for the good things that we have. Situations like this can tend to cause us to be hopeless. But consider Jesus this morning as he gives us a different heavenly example to approach those situations. So starting in verse 22, and this is Mark 14. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, bro- after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them, and said, "Take this is my body." And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, "This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many." When he had given thanks. So with the betrayal, the desertion of his disciples who were right there with him, looming in the next minutes and hours, with the cross looming ahead of him, with the wrath of God looming ahead of him. These are things we can't even begin to understand. We find Jesus giving thanks to the Father for that moment and for that meal their time together. It's really absolutely amazing. With everything that's coming at him, he says, thank you, Father, for this time, for this meal. And so we're to follow his example. In 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And Jesus was such a good model of that, right? With the situation he was facing, he still gave thanks to the Father. So no matter what situation we find ourselves in, comfortable or uncomfortable, peaceful, painful, distressed, whatever it may be, we're always to give thanks to God. Now on a bit lighter note, you may have heard about uh, the little boy who uh, prayed at the Thanksgiving meal. The family members bowed their heads in expectation And he began his prayer. He thanked God for all his friends, all his family, naming them one by one. He thanked God for mommy, daddy, brother, sister, grandma, grandpa, and all his aunts and uncles. Then he began to thank God for the food. He gave thanks for the turkey, the dressing, the fruit salad, cranberry sauce, the pies, the cakes, and especially the Cool Whip. But then he paused and everyone waited. And after a long silence, the young fellow looked up at his mother and asked, If I thank God for the broccoli, won't he know that I'm lying? (laughs) But like this little boy, instead of focusing on how bad the broccoli was, he was thanking God for everything that was so good in his life. And we should too. 
I was recently listening to an interview with Johnny Erickson Tata. Many of you know who she is. And if you don't know her story, she has been a quadriplegic for over 50 years now. Um, and that was as a result of a diving accident she had when she was 17 years old. And she made an interesting statement in this interview. She said that immediately following her accident, when she kind of came to herself um, and was back to normal, what was now normal everyday life for her, she could not find it in her heart to give thanks for anything. She just couldn't do it. She would be in a wheelchair her whole life. She couldn't use her legs. She couldn't use her hands. She couldn't find any reason in her heart to give thanks. But a friend lovingly challenged her with that. She said, start taking life in small chunks and thank God for the simple things that you do still have. She said, be th thankful for your sight, that you can see the beautiful things around you. Your taste, you can eat good food. Your hearing to speak to others with, that you still have a sound mind. And so she did this, although it was simply out of obedience. She said she did not feel any gratitude in her heart when she did this. She simply just mouthed the words. But after a few months, she found that after verbally thanking God all of this time, she actually began to feel that gratitude in her heart. And so this is kind of like C.S. Lewis when he talked about that regarding love. He said, if you don't feel love for someone in your heart, just act like you love them. And soon enough, you will love them in your heart. So it's the same concept. But we see what happened with Johnny Erickson Tata. That feeling of thanks in her heart only grew as she continued to do this more and more. And if you followed her life, you know the immeasurable fruit that she's born really all over the world because of how she has followed the Lord in her suffering. She has glorified God with a thankful heart. So we as Christians are to have a continual posture of thanksgiving. And so this morning, we have an opportunity to set out stones of gratitude as we gather together. And you might say, what do you mean stones of gratitude? What's that all about? Well, let's look back at Joshua. If you have your Bibles, you might turn there with me. Uh, this is a little bit of a lengthy passage, so you might want to follow along. This is Joshua chapters 3 and 4. We're gonna, just going to read a snippet of this. And this is, the context here is, the baton has been passed from Moses to Joshua to lead the Israelites into the Promised Land. And they've just come to the Jordan River. And Joshua is about to lead the Israelites across the river and into the promised land to take it. So let's start in chapter 3, and this is verse 14. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, and it explains, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away. At Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, and those flowing down toward the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over Jericho, opposite Jericho. 
Now the priests bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Now just a quick side note, isn't it interesting that God gave Moses that miracle of passing through the sea? And then he said, just as I was with Moses, I'll now be with you, Joshua. And now here they are at the Jordan crossing through this river. It's really neat to see God's loving consistency here. So in chapter 4, beginning at verse 1, when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the, war the waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So what a great story. The Lord commanded the people to gather these stones and put them in this specific place as a memorial for what he had done for them. It'd be a reminder to them the rest of their lives of his faithfulness to them. But then when their children and their grandchildren came along, they'd be able to look at this and say, what's this all about? And then they'd be able to share about God's faithfulness with them. So in our day, we set out stones. We might take a picture of something and put it on the wall in a frame. Um, or we might give a gift to somebody that commemorates a, maybe a vacation or a special moment in our lives. Or maybe you might receive a certificate or a plaque of achievement of, or something along those lines. But as we move forward this morning, you'll all have the opportunity, verbally at least, to set out memorial stones of gratitude to the Lord. And another way to say this would be to recount the deeds of the Lord. So very quickly, we're just going to look at a few psalms here that talk about this. Four different psalms, and this is only a, a few of them, of the totality of them. Psalm 75.1 says, We give thanks to you, O God. We recount your wondrous deeds. Psalm 79, We will give thanks to you forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. Psalm 105, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Psalm 9, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. So clearly what we're doing this morning honors the Lord and is, is an act of obedience to him. So what a privilege to share in that. And so as I close up here, I'd like to uh, take a little bit of a blast from the past on uh, something that my wife and I will always be grateful for. Um, back in 2013, and some of you were there for that, um, we, we made the, at the time, questionable decision to re-roof our house by ourselves. 
And so we got to the point where we got the entirety of our roof off, was down to the sheathing, no paper, no nothing. Well, and that's when the heavens let loose. And the rain came down, poured down on the house, and especially one bad spot was we had a, we had a bonus room, a playroom that girls like to spend a lot of time in. And it was right next to the garage, and there was a valley in the roof, and it funneled right down into the corner of that playroom. So here we are. We, I had a friend over with me, and here we are watching this take place, and I'm just... I'm helpless, you know, nothing I can do. And so here this rain pours down into this playroom, drywalls just sagging down, and here it comes. It explodes all over the ground. It's awful. I was a mess. <laughs> but my friend with me, um, he, he had his wits about him, and he said he made a call into to JD. This was a Saturday night, and uh, he made a call into JD, and then the next morning, um, after the service, or at the end of the service, J.D. put out, he put out a message and said, hey, we need some help at the carpenter's house, uh, and kind of explain the situation. And, you know, I, I was very appreciative of that, and I just thought, man, it'd be nice to get just a couple extra hands out here to kind of get things under control um, and kind of get a plan together and see where to go from here. Uh, but at a moment's notice, right after church, um, we look back at pictures this last week of, of that day, and no less than 16 vehicles showed up at our house right after church, right after hearing that. People brought compressors, nail guns, all kinds of supplies, food, absolutely amazing. And so the guys were up on the roof working, the ladies were caring for all the kids that had came with the families, and then there was Debbie running the tractor, lifting the shingles up to the roof. So in one afternoon, what was a major disaster for me, um, we almost roofed the entire house. New drywall was put up in the bonus room because we had so many people show up out of care and concern for us that we didn't have enough for everybody to do. So they went inside and re-hung re the drywall. Really amazing. And so I learned something about harvest that day. And so we've been appreciative for that uh, ever since and um, have continued to see that sort of heart and mentality ever since we've been here. So I thank God for that. Thank God that he ministered to us through so many of you and what an example that was to us at that time. So I wanted to share that to kind of kick things off this morning. Um, but right now what we're going to do is uh, we're going to go through um, a time of popcorn prayer, as J.D. mentioned. So you're going to have an opportunity here in the next few minutes. Um, if you'd like to voice a prayer out loud, um, a thanksgiving to the Lord, uh, if there's something on your heart that you'd like to share as you pray to the Lord, go ahead and go for it. Um, and don't be afraid to project so that we can, as many of us can hear you as possible, 